Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. As podcasters, when we listen to another podcast, do our thoughts automatically go right to those things that are not quite right or could be better? Yeah, well, maybe that's not what we should be thinking. Hello, and welcome to another Podcast Pontifications with me, Kevin Patton, filling in for Evo Terra. We all do that, right? We podcasters often listen to podcasts with an overly critical ear. That's natural. Everybody does that. Carpenters naturally check out the quality of construction when they visit your newly built home. Engineers sometimes can't help but analyze the arches and beams and cables as they go over a bridge when they take a road trip. But I think that sometimes all of us, podcasters, engineers, all of us, develop a habit of going right to those things that we don't like, right to those mistakes, or to those things that could be much better. That is, being critical only in the negative sense, and possibly never really getting around to what's working well. I recently listened to a podcaster talking about having those critical, negative responses when listening to other podcasts and pretty much giving up on trying to listen to them. And a thought occurred to me, a thought that brought me back to my youth as an apprentice wild animal trainer. My mentor at the time made sure that I saw as many wild animal acts as possible. We were working in animal shows at a major zoo at the time, but we'd watch circus acts as they came through town, or through the next town, or through the town just past that town. After each of these animal performances, we'd talk about it. He'd always ask me, in his best Socratic style, Kevin, what was the best trick in that act? And I'd have to think hard about that because I knew that he'd be questioning any answer I gave. And I knew that he'd not reveal his pick until the very end of the conversation. And as I answered him, he'd ask why I picked that trick and not this other one, which was a pretty good one after all. Not that ranking the best of what I saw was all that important itself. What was important was analyzing each one deeply enough that I could rank them. That is, getting past my first impressions and my casual judgments and have really analyzed each trick that I saw performed. And you know what? It worked. I learned to look at performing animal acts 
and how trainers presented themselves and interacted with their animals much more deeply. My immediate goal back then was to better form an idea of what I wanted to do when I got to be a grown-up lion tamer and developed my own show. And I also learned that the first step in enjoying a wild animal act is to look for the best things about it, not the worst things about it. Even if it was a pretty lousy act, there was always something well done, or kind of well. Even if it was a very simple trick for a person to teach an animal, but was executed perfectly, which is probably more about the animal than it is about the trainer, I had learned to notice that and appreciate that. What happened was that I began to enjoy animal acts way more than I ever had, even the lousy ones. Reflecting back on that, I realized that the big lesson I learned is appreciation. I was an assistant sea lion trainer back then, later moving on to become an apprentice lion tamer. After a while, I switched to a slightly different species to train and became a college professor. Now, past the middle of my career, I mentor other professors on how to teach well. In a graduate degree program that trains teaching professors, it's my job to critique the teaching skills of my learners. And you know what? Looking first and foremost for their best trick serves me really well. Looking for a student's best trick is a form of criticism, too, just not the negative part of criticism. That best trick technique has worked very well for me on several levels. Not just for providing useful feedback in college teaching, but on another level, I find that by starting off with acknowledging a student's best trick, it softens that Here's a suggestion advice for those weak spots that I've also found in their work. Besides that, I've found that as I become better at using the best trick approach, I've often squarely hit those specific things that a student worked particularly hard at and is most proud of. What a great thing to validate those aspects of their work that they value most. I'm thinking that, well, you could say that the best trick technique has become one of my best tricks. So bringing this story back to being a podcaster, listening to other podcasts, I've found that I naturally look first for a podcast's best trick. And I also try to find some other really good tricks, just in case I hear that mentor in my memory asking me if that's really my final answer. <laughs> And I enjoy these podcasts more than I otherwise would. And I think that I learn much more from them than I otherwise would. So I ask you, what do you do when you listen to other podcasts? Maybe you've given up listening to new podcasts because, well, they just so often grate on your expert's sensitivity. Maybe you listen, but just can't get past that Oh, I don't know, that bad mic technique or disorganized conversation or, oh no, that missing call to action or whatever pet peeve pops out at you. Or 
Maybe you do try to find what's well done, but more as a secondary thing, maybe even as an afterthought. I wonder if trying to start out with the goal of first and foremost trying to find the best trick might help you enjoy other podcasts more. Maybe preparing yourself for questions like, why is that the best trick and not this other trick, will make that work even better for you. Well, I hope my little story has got you thinking a bit about your thinking, what we educators call metacognition, thinking about your thinking. By the way, I have a podcast called The A&P Professor for Anatomy and Physiology Faculty. But don't listen to it. It's not for you. But I've recently been collecting a group of folks who want help in launching or growing their own academic podcast. It's a free online community at academicpodcasting.org. Right now, we're developing a new podcast as a learning project. It's called The Academic Podcaster, and it's for, by, and about academic podcasters. If you're an academic podcaster, or no one, or just want to hang out with us, once again, we're at academicpodcasting.org. Eva will be back in 2021 with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers! While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donations4abortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. 
we encourage you to speak up. Take care and spread the word.